gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. And I feel like it's been like somewhat uneventful lately. I ain't really had no story to uh, come hit y'all. Well, okay, I'm going to tell you about this one. I don't think we talked on here since then. What was it, about a week and a half ago, something like that? When they having the uh, the the global warming march, well, the kids was like leaving school, you know, and grownups are there too. But you know, it was letting kids get out of school to go down and you know march because they don't want to get you know fried, cooked alive. Like I don't even know if I'm allowed to like have a public opinion on whether or not this phenomenon has any like legitimacy to it. All I say is those children, for whatever the reason may be little concerned that they might fry to death who wants to do that right and so you know they had a little march and i get off the train by the job and it's just like a zillion of the kids getting off the train they got their little little signs they post the boards you know they're going out there they're gonna make some noise they're gonna stick up for themselves but what struck me about it was I was listening to some of them talking station and they were running through like all the marches they had been through. Like this one kid, I swear, rattled off counting the one he was at. Like at least three of these were trying to save ourselves from you guys marches. And I'm like, yo, man, we are making these kids march about a whole lot of stuff. Right. Like they're not even waiting to go off to college, you know, and go meet somebody to let them know that they should be sick of all this stuff. Nah, man, they in high school and they know this. Right. Life is as easy for them as it is ever going to be again. And they are fed up. Man, I understand like being a teenager is hard. But for you to get like outside of who you are yourself as a teenager and everything in your crazy little high school world for you to step out of that to be furious about what is going on out here that is just simply telling me that these youngsters are furious they are upset you know how hard it is to get a teenager to think about something outside themselves and that is where they are and by the way they be letting them miss school to do that uh I, I hope it don't sound like I'm hating. But uh I feel like when I was a youngster, you was gonna need a better excuse than I'm trying to say the world to just be out here missing school. Am I right? Yeah, mom. I don't want to go to school today. Where are you going to be? Sticking it to the man. About what? It's hot outside. I don't think she's going for it. I don't think it's happening. I mean, maybe. There was that time my school didn't give us Martin Luther King Day and we just stayed home. So, you know. I don't want to pretend like there ain't no exceptions. Anyway. Hope everybody understand that was just jokes. Nah, I mean, it was jokes, obviously, but I don't think I said anything that would necessarily be offensive. If I, if I was a teenager, I also would not want to fry. 
Anywho, let us move on to your questions. Would you ever get roped into going apple picking or watching the leaves change color with someone you're seeing? Was that an invitation? All right, I see my man Marco in chat room said these questions by Shura Grande, which I believe means big trash. But let me tell you what I don't see in this chat room anywhere. No questions from Marco. You know what that means? You are Marco. You sitting by the stage with no money in your pocket. Spent the last dime you had to get in on the cover. Now you're going to talk about cats ain't throwing around no bread and it's dry in there. Put in your half, Marco. Put in your half. Are you leaving the country if there's a civil war? Now, I think you guys know that this is like within the range of questions. I don't really so much need to be getting into. But I'll just say this. I have seen the general idea of the civil war proposed. What I have not seen is a clear definition of sides. Like who against who, right? Like the last time it was a civil war, it was these states against those states. I don't feel like it's going to like really shake out the exact same way this go round, right? And so before I start like making any prognostication about what direction that's going to go in, I need to know like what the rosters are looking like. Who's going to be responsible for sending us some rosters? Like, do you have to go somewhere and sign up? Like, do you have to register? All right, how does this go? I mean, like I say, this is very, very, very important. Very important. And, I mean, y'all know. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but just so you know, as things stand, I enjoy having my job on television. And I think that the questions that you ask me need to be with the thought in mind that you also like seeing me on television. Like overwhelmingly speaking, if you're going to come show up to my little personal podcast, then chances are you've seen me on television and enjoy what it is that I do there. Or you've seen me in some other place and you enjoy what I do there. Either way it goes, everything I do is made better by me having a job. All right. And specifically, you can make the argument, the job that I have, you know? So like, don't be out here asking me stupid questions. Oh, man. Some dude named Pierre in the chat room, and he said, quote, why did you shit on short people? We doing the best we can. I'm presuming that's what he's saying. And I, I have never done that. I certainly haven't done that recently. What I have pointed out in some instances is that some guys you guys like because they are also not very tall, and that's something that you can relate to. Right. I think I mean, I think that seems perfectly reasonable. 
to point out that when there are people who are not as tall as generally prescribed for a certain job, you guys like rally around that. I guess not just you guys. Let me give you another example. Do you remember that time that Prince Fielder was in the ESPN get naked issue? You remember that? So Prince Fielder, pretty, pretty uh, large gentleman. He was in the get naked issue, butt naked. He just got to do swinging a bat, right? In fact, I went to an event for ESPN for the get naked issue for this year, and he showed up for that. Like, apparently, he an icon of the get naked issue. Um, and I'm telling you, man, my Husky homies, they lived through that dude, man. They saw themselves in him. They'd always wanted to be in a situation where they could be the dude naked in the magazine, right? They, like, they love that. They saw that. And I'm just saying that that's often going to be the case for you guys who are not that tall. I ain't even say nothing about short people on TV and that thing you talking about. I said not that tall. Right? Now, I don't want you to think that I'm out here like victim blaming or nothing. But I would say to some of the little homies out here, you know, if you had a better attitude, I just think that's something that maybe you should think about. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Are right, we believing in the impact of Kanye's Sunday service? So let me ask you a question. I'm asking this sincerely. When you say you're talking about the impact of these Sunday services, what impact are we expecting them to have? Like, what exactly are we talking about? Because I'll admit, I ain't really paying that much attention. I think it's very interesting that there's so many people who despise Kanye but can't take their eyes off of him. I don't despise Kanye, though I find him to be ridiculous at this point, but I find it pretty easy to act like he ain't there. Y'all don't seem to be able to do that in the same way. So, like, what impact is it that people are saying that these Kanye Sunday services are having? Oh, you're saying that all of a sudden people are finding the Lord. All right. So, I mean, those of you who go back with me understand. If you're asking me whether or not I believe that people have gone to Kanye's church and, like, legitimately found the Lord that is outside of my like range. I'm not the person to really speak on the veracity of uh, such a notion. I have seen though that apparently Kanye took a step and told people to all start wearing the same stuff. And then once everybody started wearing the same stuff, started looking like a cult. All right. Okay. I also saw something on the internet the other day where I saw somebody ask the question, like, is Kanye using God slash religion to, like, make money and seem really appalled by the idea? And I'm like, yo, are you, where where you been? In fact, I could make the argument, not to get all overstand on y'all, but I could make the argument that religion is almost, by definition, using God to make money or at the very least that is ultimately the purpose at least in in this like capitalist christian society that we live in right 
that religions ultimately become a means for using God to make money. Not that that is the only purpose of religion or for spirituality, but in the end, how are these religions sustaining themselves with cash? What are they using to get the cash? The actual church itself. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so I'm just like, okay, like Kanye would be the, another in a long line of people who has happened to do these things. And again, as someone who is not a religious person, I don't really understand how all this stuff works. But I got to say that what kind of person do you think it is that sees Kanye doing church? And is like, you know what? I think I'm going to start going to church again. Like, is there anything more hype beast like than deciding to go to church with Kanye? You know what I mean? Like, is there anything more Instagram-y, like, Cloud chasing as they as the chillins be saying. Is there anything that is more in line with that than like going to the Kanye church? So who do you think is showing up here? Like, what do you think the experience is going to be for them? And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't part of this uh with Kanye that there's like no preaching at these, it's just music. So it's really like a concert. Yeah, it's a lot going on there. Uh, uh, it's a lot going on, but it don't really sound like no place I'd want to be. It sounds like something I'd want to do just once so I can see what it was, but it's nothing that I would like actually want to do. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Guy said, could you be described as being tall for nothing? You mean like in basketball, being tall and that's all? You could say it on that level, yeah. Would I be described as being tall for nothing in real life? Hell no. Nah. You know it when I walk in a room. Come on now. There's a few of y'all out here that is like once you find out that I'm you know, a tall person, everything starts making a whole lot of sense. Like, ain't nothing funnier to me than when I meet somebody that swear they don't like me or I come across them on the internet and they don't like me and they assume that I'm short and then they find out that I'm not, they be like, damn, he don't lose at nothing. That's got to be really disappointing to feel when that happens to you, little homies. Now, nah, y'all down there by yourselves. Tall for nothing. Ain't no such thing as being tall for nothing. I'm tall to be tall. Appreciate the question. Move to the next one. So when is Freddie Gibbs going to be on the pod? All right. I'm going to tell you guys a fantastic story. I meant to tell it on the right time, but I didn't tell it on the right time. But I'm going to tell you this fantastic story. All right. So I was at work last week on Tuesday, and I was recording my podcast, right? So I'm sitting in there minding my own business, and I see this dark-skinned, bald-haired dude walk through the office and he's wearing like a green jersey with no shirt underneath. And I'm like, who's going to be walking in here today like that and going in to record uh, Jalen and Jacoby? And I'm like, oh, that's Freddie. I'm like, oh, damn, Freddie, let me know he's coming in there. So I went and hollered at him for a second. Then when he's on his way out, I called him in the studio. And so, like, we got a little little setup in the studio, and the, my microphone that I talk on on the studio, you don't have to hit the on button in order for it to talk. It just goes, right? Like, if I can hear you talking to the microphone, it's all good. So Freddie's on the way out. I call Freddie in, come and sit down for about five minutes, and I basically just do, like, an impromptu five-minute interview. He had come to town for Kevin Durant's birthday party, so apparently he was at Dave & Buster's. We talked a little bit about that. We talked about the bandana. talked a little bit 
about that track on the bandana. We talk about getting caught up by his baby mama and falling for the stripper. Like I got to talk about all that. It was like real good. It was real fast, but it was all good. Like I was really proud of myself. I done a good job with an on the fly interview. And I went with a hard question with no build up, but he answered it. It said the microphone on the other side of the table. You do have to hit the on button for. And I didn't hit the on button. And so that interview was lost. Yeah, man, a little bit of a bummer. But anyway, we've had Freddie on the, on the show a couple of times. We'll probably do it again at some point. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Questions have gotten better, by the way, since I showed up here. Marco was correct. They were pretty bosh. So we're blaming woke culture for some filmmakers not wanting to make comedies anymore. Yeah, I guess I saw some dude. I didn't even know who he was, but he said something on the internet that he don't want to do comedy because it's hard to do comedy because basically you're going to get canceled or whatever it is. And I just want to take a moment to remind everybody that it hasn't been that long since Quentin Tarantino made a movie about uh uh like 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 the the killer the, the killer slave movie. It ain't been that long. Can you imagine how many drafts Quentin Tarantino had to do with that movie in order to get it right? Like, you think Quentin Tarantino just came out there with draft one? Draft one would have got him run up out the paint so fast. I guarantee you there were definitely hands and eyes that were on that thing to get it to where it was, right? So you somebody could get away with doing that at some point. They figured it out, and they got the jokes right and everything else. Okay. Here's my thing, man. If you're going to call yourself a professional funny person, then you should be so good at this that we can take away some stuff from you and you still be able to figure it out. All right, for example, um, I am not allowed to, like, for real curse on the podcast I do for ESPN. Right or not? then we just going to find another way. Like, ask yourself this. If you are somebody that listens to that podcast and legitimately enjoys it, do you find yourself listening to it and being like, but damn, I sure wish he was on here cussing, or I wish he could do this. No, no, you just got to find some other way to do very similar things um, or find some other way to make that impact. But if you need, like, if you need to be able to rely on what's base in order to get the jokes, man, then maybe you're just not that good at this and you need to step up or you need to go do something else. Maybe that's it. Maybe you need just to get better at your job. All right, we're we going to take this part of it away from you. You can't do this, right? It's, it's like they made the lane wider, like they did in the NBA, right? Like, that's just what it is. But, okay, you go find something else. So, but but this is where, the, this is where these cats, this is where they're telling on themselves about this, right? So you're saying you can't do comedy, because you're gonna ultimately you're afraid you're gonna ultimately say something that winds up uh being offensive. Why are you so sure that you're going to do that? Right? Like I feel like if I were a comedian, I feel like I could I could probably figure out how to navigate this without every day feeling like I'm going to end my own career. You know, so what are you afraid 
that you're going to do or say. Because that, to me, just winds up being a tacit acknowledgement on your part that you be out here tripping. Like, it seems like you acknowledge on some level that you know that, that what you're doing ain't cool. Right? Ain't none of them just been like, yo, man, I know I'm staying within the boundary, you know, what is decent behavior. No, nah, man, they're like, yo, I don't, I, I'll, only way I can get jokes is by out here risking my career. Hey, man, that might be on you, homie. That might be on you. Appreciate the question. I'll answer this. Man says, were you disappointed that no new Kanye album dropped over the weekend? Or are you past the point of caring that much? Dude, I ain't really checking for no Kanye record. That last one was trash. Like, this happens to me from time to time with people that I've liked a lot at various points. And sometimes this happens with me without them even putting out anything bad or problematic or whatever. But sometimes I just stop listening. And I just get to a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm just not checking for that person. It's not an antagonistic stance. It's not me getting in nobody's face about it. But it's just like, I'm just not doing that. All right? Like, on this one, I'm just like, nah, man. That last one was trash. So, yeah, no, nah, if it comes out and it's okay, I'll listen to it, right? Like, I ain't on no boycott. I'll check it out. And if it's interesting, I'll listen to it again. I just have no faith that Kanye's making interesting music in 2019. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. As you've gotten older and also gotten a bigger platform, how have you handled giving out advice to younger people, not just professionally, but in general? I don't know. I guess if something comes up that I think I can impart and share, I'll do it there. Like, it doesn't go well when people ask for advice because they just ask for, like, yo, you got some advice? And they be demanding about that, too. But I've talked about that on this platform many times. Um, but if there's, like, a piece of game that comes up, I'll give it to them, right? But I'm, I also admit I'm kind of inclined to do that with anybody if the game comes up just regularly in the conversation and we go from there. But I don't think I got no, like, particular approach. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see this here. Do you think the Amber Geiger case will influence other police shooting cases, or am I being too optimistic? This is a serious question for me for you on this one. Um, this isn't a police shooting. I mean, I guess I didn't give you a question, but this is important to note. This isn't a police shooting. This is not somebody on duty, right? This is a person who happened to be a police officer. Like What we're dealing with here in this case is not really the stuff that people out here dealing with when they're marching in the streets. And so I guess it's interesting that the treatment that police officers typically get under these circumstances is not afforded in this case because this woman was obviously acting in the capacity of a civilian. Um, but like, even if you're surprised that this case shook out the way that it did, this isn't the one that's going to have the macro-level ripple effects that you need. Yo, man, real talk. I asked this question. I can only think of one person ever who ever shot at a cop and got off for it in court. Do y'all know who that person is? That's right. Tupac. Tupac, the only person. It was off-duty cop, and it was on the street. But it was pie. That's the only can you, seriously. Can you name another story that sound like that? Can you? 
I don't even know what that guy had to do with anything, but it just dawned on me right there. Anyway, appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Do you think Takashi 69 will survive? So apparently we got a report out here that the little Takashi 69 dude is not going to go into witness protection and that he is simply going to like have his own kind of security or whatever it is. And I feel like his desire to not go into witness protection should be a cautionary tale to all of y'all out there. And you know why I think it should be a cautionary tale? Because I feel like I got a pretty good idea why it is that he doesn't want to go into witness protection, right? And all I'm going to say is to any of the youths that's out here, think before you get tattoos on your face. Because one day, you might need to go into witness protection. Like, I imagine the tattoo removal process, if you have to do it on your face, is wildly inconvenient, uncomfortable, and painful. Right, and I would not be surprised. I mean, obviously, this young man does not have good judgment. So I could imagine them explaining what the process would be about the tattoo removal on his face and him deciding that that just wasn't worth it and he'd rather risk his life living in these streets. Maybe that's the call he made. Again, I don't feel like there's anybody here that's listening to this that can dismiss the idea that maybe that's what it was. Because if there's anybody that's got people ready to kill him, and in fact, with this dude, I feel like it's even worse than the idea that there's people out here that want to kill him. Like, I imagine there's some people that's out here that want to kill him. But you know what there is more than that, though? People that just want to rough him up. You know what I mean? Like, people that just really want to just give him the beats. They, they want him to feel the pain. Like they don't want him to die. They want him to suffer. They want the joy of being able to put their hands on him. And that's probably going to feel worse than getting them tattoos taken off his face. That's my guess. And I don't know where you take him in witness protection. What identity? Like, where do you give that fool a job? Like, don't they give you like a whole new cover, whole new personality and all this stuff, everything else? Where are you supposed to work? Like, you think that fool going to be showing up, punching the clock? There's no chance. There's no chance. And keep it real. Even in witness protection, that dude ain't safe. And you know why that dude ain't safe even in witness protection? That dude isn't safe even in witness protection because he's really, really annoying and he's going to make somebody else want to rough him up. I feel like he need to go, like, put him in the same jail with the, what's the dude uh, that, 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 like, took his hat off his head? Uh, The Bobby Schmurter kid. Al's a couple of stupid criminals right there. Bobby Smurda did that interview where he clarified 
who he was saying had killed somebody. They clarified, no, Mitch. Mitch caught a body about a week ago. And then it turned out that he actually did. Why would you do that? That just seems so... Just seems like bad strategy. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. How great was the day Equemini was re- was released along with all the other great albums that came out as well? I just want to make a note, by the way, that Equemini came out September 29, 1998. So did Jay-Z's Volume 2. So did Tribe Called Quest Love Movement. So did Brand Nubian's Foundation. So did Most Definitely Talib Kweli's uh, Black Star. I want to be clear about something. There were at most two great records that came out that day. And those would be the Equimini and the Black Star. The rest of those were actually not great. None of them were bad, but it was a fascinating day. Right? Because you got to realize at that point, we ain't really like heard the music yet. Like these kids, one thing these kids ain't never gonna understand is spending fifteen dollars on a record and not actually knowing if it's good. We was out here rolling the dice, man. We put a lot of, like when we got to the point of I'm gonna buy your record sight unseen. That was the ultimate show of faith. The ultimate show of faith. But what was so wild about it is that it was like the we had a record store that was on campus, or like right off campus. But either way. It was so segregated, man. The Duns were all about getting that Jay-Z. They had pre-ordered that Jay-Z. They paid for that thing before it even got in there. And all the country boys was coming in there getting that outcast. But it was a very clear and defined split. But it wasn't long before it was realized what was going to run this campus. And that was them boys from that outcast. They, I mean, look, that Jay-Z record, that was the biggest one, right? Like, that's the best-selling one. Um, and like Hard Knock Life was, you know, the track itself was knocking. I mean, they joined their jams on it. Uh, but it was just like a Tuesday where like a bunch of stuff was coming out was always a winner. Like, I think the Roots Things Fall Apart came out the same day as the Slim Shady LP. Like, I'm trying to remember something else came out the same day as the Slim Shady LP. Because the Slim Shady LP was such a fascination at a black college. People like, yo, yo, you know, the white boy, how was, how, how is that, son? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, yeah, somebody be like, no, nah, it's cool. It's cool. Are you for real? You, you, you sure? You sure? Yeah, it was Things Fall Apart. That came out that same day. Yeah, yeah, that was a great. Yeah, we didn't know what to do with that. Ooh, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Oh, guys, we're running out of questions that are good. We just have lots of questions. Guy says, Were you strictly CDs back then? What else was there for me to be, Troy? In 1999, if you like, like, what nobody still like, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, no, nah, I wouldn't buy tapes. Like, what else were we in 1999, or 98, or whatever it was? 
And Robinson, you are correct. Volume one debuted at number three. Volume two debuted at number one, as did like basically everything after that. Oh, guys, I don't want to cut it short, but I can't be scraping the bowl on giving y'all the content here. Oh, here we go. New Jack City remake. Are you in? Kinda. So I heard they remake in New Jack City. It's been a while since they broke out the metal detectors at the movie theater, but I guess, hey, got to get your money's worth, right? Anyway, if you want to remake New Jack City, that's fine. Given the current uh, drug situation out here in these streets. Uh, like it's proper topic. But I don't want to see New Jack City about no New York City uh, project situation. Nah, 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 nah. I wanted to be right in line with the opioid crisis. Yeah, let's get that New Jack City over there. That's what I want to see. By the way, I had never really thought about this, but, you know, they got different advertisements at different places for different stuff. So I went on the Baltimore Ravens website today to watch something and had a pre-roll video before I could watch the video. And it was absolutely about, like, fighting opioid addiction and telling people to pour out their pills and rinse out the bottle and everything else. And I'm like, Baltimore. And then I started thinking about the wire. And I was just like, oh, man, I guess it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you got to reach people where they are, baby. You got to reach people where they are. They telling you a whole lot about who they think it is that's logging on to that website. Not that everybody's living that life, but it is a very real concern for their median viewer at that website. All right. See if I can find something else. Yeah, things about time for me to tap out on this one. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing here once every week or two. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh remember, if you cannot check out the Evening Jones Live, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the iTunes store, subscribe at Stitcher Radio, check us out at SoundCloud. We're also at the Google Play Store, and uh, talk to you guys in a little while. Take it easy. <laughs>